take the extra time to make sure you're doing the right thing. And it's not good enough. It's not about hitting a deadline. It's about making sure that you're hitting the deadline in the best way possible and coming up with the best solutions to problems. Hello, my friends, and welcome back to Short Story Long. This week, we're talking to Pia Arobio. Pia has a clothing brand called LPA, the label, that's part of the Revolve family. And I first came across her story because she had an article written about her in uh, the New York Times. And it just looked really cool and interesting in the way she the way she is and the way that she was going about creating her brand and taking advantage of opportunity and really making something cool happen. Um, just looked really cool to me. So I reached out and she came in and we made the interview happen. So um, we cover everything. We cover her whole story about her childhood in Pasadena, going to college, trying to kind of figure out what she wanted to do working different jobs and really trying to find her niche um, all the way to being presented with this opportunity to have her own thing and how successful that has been and her reaction and her feelings on this new success and what's coming in the future and it's a really good episode um, really good guest she did a really good job and i'm excited for you guys to hear it so that's it as always please continue to subscribe tell your friends post on your social media uh, leave me feedback on the iTunes store uh, or the podcast app on your phone. Send me a DM. Comment on my Instagram. Let me know what you think. Give me feedback. Let me know what you like about these episodes. What you'd like to see different. Some guests, you, guests you'd like to see. Whatever it is, let me know. And as always, use the promo code SSL on youngandreckless.com and get 40% off all full-priced items. Thank you, guys. Here we go. Short story long, Pia Arobia. The hardest part is figuring out what you want to master. Focus on your product. Can you tell somebody that they suck? You gotta just go for This it. is exactly what I want to do for a living. You can't even tell somebody that their breath stinks. You know what I mean? It could take your whole life and then you find your worth. The product is number one. If it scares you, you should probably do it. Good content is good content. That is the coolest shit I have ever seen in my life. Okay, here we are, short story long, Pia Arobio. Oh, you did it. I did it? Yeah. <laughs> uh, welcome. Thank you for making this happen. Of course. Um, I read your article in the New York Times. Thank you. Which is massive, right? Like, are you, like, really pumped? You don't seem very, like, I don't want to say not excited, but, like, those type of things don't really get you like super fired up. No, or... the New York Times thing is un it was unbelievable. Got I it. I got like a that was like a cold email from the writer to my general info email address from the website, mm -hmm. and it said I posted it the other day on my Instagram. It said New York Times, New York Mag writer wanting to do a like looking to do a feature on Pia, and I just that I just sobbed. Really. Yeah, and I wrote her back right away. And I was like, what do you want to meet? Do you want to meet for college? Like, what do you want to do? And we went to some restaurant and talked. And I kind of told her the weird, long, very long story of, like, high school graduation to yeah. now. Yeah. Which, and honestly, she didn't, like, ask me anything. She didn't have to ask me shit. Because yeah. I was like, <laughs> And then she was just kind of flabbergasted. And it's like, okay, let's. You know, I'm going to take this to my editor and we'll figure it out. 
And that was months before the article came out. And then all of a sudden, you know, then she was like, maybe The New Yorker, maybe New York Magazine, or wait, now the, now the Times wants it. Wait, I think it might be style section. And then it was like, it has a chance to be the cover. I, I mean, I just, yeah, I was just... I was just hysterical. I was just hysterical, yeah. and yeah. I cried, and then she cried because she was couldn't. You know, she was really emotional, and I just. I mean, I, I honestly feels premature. Like I'm only thirty. Yeah, but that's kind of what made it, which is so cool. Yeah, but like it, that's why it's unique. I think. Yeah. Like I think had like had they waited until you were. 50 let's say i'm not saying that your story won't be incredible when you're 50 but i think like that yeah. moment that's what got me right obviously i see a bunch of articles my friends share a bunch of articles my friends sent it to me and that's what's i don't know that's why it seems so unique was because you're only 30 and because you yeah. took this risk and that risk and whatever and it's it's cool it was like a week after the one year anniversary of the brand launching which is I mean, I read, it's so funny, I did like a shoot at my house yesterday and I had the Sunday Times on my coffee table and they were like, oh, will you, like, do you read that? Or, and I was like, yeah, I read the Sunday <laughs> Times every Sunday. Yeah. It gets delivered to my doorstep mm -hmm. and it has for years. So that's, was also, Chiro, sorry, my dog's here. Can you just lay down? <laughs> just lay it down, puppy. <laughs> Sit. What's his name, Chiro? Chiro, it's Italian. Oh yeah, I forgot. Chiro. Sit it down, Chiro. Chiro just had a big uh, he's play, really, yeah, a big play moment with my dog Shaba. He's uh, really turned. The dog is not your dog. Okay, with my <laughs> with my assistant's <laughs> with my former dog and now my assistant's dog. So that's how it went down from like a lunch. Like you went to a. It was lunch? an email. We went to like an. But afternoon. I'm saying like the interview was done. Yeah, and then she started writing it, and then when she got a like a press go from her editor, we went and had like another coffee. And, you know, we'd been chatting back and forth. And then she came to the party. I had, like, the one-year anniversary party and woke up the next day to it just being, like, on my doorstep. Um, it's just, like, I was rushed home from that party to go to sleep as soon as possible. Yeah, so I could just, like, wake up. Yeah, it was really um, unbelievable. And it was cool to see her at the party because she, you know, had spent however many months working on it. And then she was, like... Drunk, like you know, not drunk, but had like a couple cocktails. And yeah. She was like, "This is what I was talking about in the article. Like, look at all these people. Like, look at this. They like all these people showed up for you. Yeah. Like, you said there was going to be a cool party. And, like, all these people came. Yeah. You know, and it was like, never was wearing LPA, and it was really vibey. And that's cool. That's a really cool moment. Those are the type of moments that like I think you only get a handful of. In, like, I was really emotional when it at the beginning, and now. I was really emotional. I'm just an emotional person. Yeah. And I also didn't think I would like amount to anything. So yeah. when these things happen, I'm just so grateful and yeah. thankful and I get very emotional about it. But I am doing a lot of things on the back end of my life. I know that I do seem like very nonchalant about a lot of it, but that's just because I just want to be, you know, I'm, I'm not, I'm 30, which is obviously still very young. Yeah. But the next decade of my life i'll be 31 in november like i want to grow into like a graceful well-rounded adult yeah and lpa is amazing and it's my child and the best thing that's ever happened to me and now i'm kind of like okay you know where do i want to go from here because now all these other opportunities are 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 coming to yeah. me and i i don't want to be famous yeah i don't want to have a shit ton of followers on instagram yeah. i don't want to be like popular i don't 
So what I've done is like I moved to Venice and I live mm-hmm. like a very quiet life and I don't go out a lot. I cook a lot. I've been like doing a lot of decorating yeah. and like reading and like a lot of hot yoga. Yeah. And I'm learning how to meditate. And um, I spend every Sunday with my family. I just, you know, and I'm trying to think of the best way to transfer all this energy into things that are really good. Yeah. And then how to have like a really long career knowing that brands that are popular like mine probably have like a five-year span yeah you know so and it depends i mean i don't know who knows but i have to be prepared for that yeah you know what i mean like because all of this like fluffy cool stuff it's gonna go away yeah and i also think i i was telling someone this yesterday i want to fight club instagram really bad and I want to delete it. I want to yeah. break into the yeah. Instagram office. But you're just so interesting. And I want to delete it. And really? I want to see what everybody fucking does. Because you just hate what Instagram is doing like to I think world. Instagram is a beautiful platform. Yeah. I'm so thankful for it. But I also think like anything, it's stifling. Like I wish that there was a, a numbers rating for like intelligence and charm and ability to, oh, yeah. to have conversation with other people. Yeah. And like. The ability to like hold your own in a room with people who are smart. Like I was telling my niece the other day, I was like, if you read about things, you have things to talk about (laughs) with other people and you look good bringing that up. Here's here's my question. (laughs) Do you think that that concept is lost on like super young people? It is, right? They don't read. Or are we just old and bitter? Are we old and bitter? Uh, It's like a rare kid that I see who's, like doing creative shit with their hands and like reading and taking it upon themselves to educate themselves. But do you think that this is how our parents felt when like we were young and playing yes. video games? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's all my grand, my my dad gets really pissed when I go home and I'm on my phone. And I'm not even yeah. on my phone that much. Like I've created very healthy boundaries with my phone. It's not allowed in my bedroom, but like my dad is straight up like he'll look at me across the table and be like, "Are you fucking <laughs> yeah. kidding me?" Yeah. Like you come here once a week I want to catch up with you, and you're on that fucking phone. Yeah. None of those people are here. Yeah. And I'm like, oh yeah, you're right, you're right. You're no, right. that's good. But I just wonder, is it relative or is it worse Definitely now than relative. it has ever been? Well, I just think my major concern, and listen, you can get a lot of great information on Instagram, a lot of news transfers really fast through that mm-hmm. programming. So I get it, but the, uh, I I just think. And girls will always be like this. There's always going to be like a just a thoughty percentage of women, uh, yeah. always. Yeah. But I just think that like I get really, I get really nervous about girls who care about being really popular on Instagram with something that is tangible and can be deleted. Yeah. And I'm worried about a, a large group of people having no no actual skill set, mm-hmm. no actual craft, no actual ability to hold their own in a room or have like in a proper human interaction very yeah. well or just like jobs mm-hmm. or a 401k <laughs> or retirement yeah. or really anything but a pop in instagram anything but a popping instagram but because here's my question don't you think that a lot of your brand's success has been from instagram it's only been from instagram but look at my instagram i have under a hundred thousand followers how many I've does the brand have just hit a hundred but isn't that like a weird sort of conflict Compared to what is on, no, because what I show on Instagram are things that are really meaningful Mm -hmm. and open and vulnerable and like, you know, it's hard. I have to post hot girls in my clothes. Yeah. And and that's what people want. That's what other girls want. You know what I mean? So everything is always going to have an aspirational drive. Yeah. Always. People want to 
be aspire to be something. But, you know, I also, and it's so funny because girls would be like, more normal girls on the Instagram. And then I'll post like a normal girl and like no one will like it. And I'm like. Yeah, that's an age old, like that happens (laughs) here all the time. It's so funny. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I just feel like you and I, I think are pretty similar in our feelings for those things. But at the same time, I owe a lot of my brand success to Instagram. I owe everything to Instagram, but I also, before it was Instagram, I had a blog and my blog was really open. And so as soon as I started Instagram, I got like, I have like a lot of followers very early on. Yeah. And like, and, and I think that I just think with anything, it's like, what do you, what do you, you have a blank canvas. What do you use it for? What are you going to put on it? You know what I mean? Yeah. And so I just always try to think of like like doing the right thing or doing things that are, you know, I'm like really personal on it. And now I'm kind of like, okay, you know, now I need to set up some boundaries with like my personal life a little bit. Um, Why? Because people are getting too like intrusive? No, it's more so just with um, like my love life. I think that like that's something that should be like very private. Yeah. That I no longer will talk about. Did you used to talk about it? Yeah. A lot. I mean, I'm single. That's also just like this thing that girls started. I was, (laughs) I was going to be careful with things that like I do that like might. I just think that like this, yeah, it's just the whole like, oh my God, I'm single thing is just kind of like at this point, it's like a little sad. (laughs) (laughs) Are you still single? Uh, like, yes and no. Okay, you don't have to get into it. But my point is, so that's not the reason why. It's just because you don't want to keep reiterating. I think that people date message. people. Like, I remember, like, I had, like, an ex-boyfriend who would, like, we'd be in a fight and he would, like, post a photo of us on Instagram. And I'd be like, word, are you fucking kidding <laughs> yeah, me? Yeah. We're in a huge fight. I don't fuck with you right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. And he'd put, like, a photo of me being, like, so pretty and silly on his Instagram. And I was like, you're painting a picture about our relationship that is so fake and you're yeah. not practicing yeah. with me in real yeah. life. That's a huge problem. It's a huge problem. But that's so normal. Like and then people I started, use Instagram as like a tool. To... And then I started dating someone a couple years ago who's like really important to my life who is against all of that. Yeah. And he was like, I don't need to make our relationship like a trend or something cool. And it's like you use our private moments to like get likes on Instagram and that's not cool. Yeah. And for a minute I was a little irritated because I just wanted to show that I loved someone and and tell the world that I was taken by this person and it violated his boundaries and now it makes sense and now when we're together I'm like I like I won't even like allude to being around him because our moments are so special together and I don't want them to be viewed by strangers or judged or I don't want anyone to know you know what I mean it's just it's nice when it's special yeah I get it and now in a world where everything is so out there yeah like what do we have left yeah. You know what I mean? I get it. It's just a weird world. Um, okay, so let me do this because I always do this on this podcast. Where did you grow up? Pasadena, California. And you are the youngest of five? Yeah. It's a mixed family, half siblings. Got it. How old is the oldest? 50. Currently? Yeah, she's really pretty. Too. She doesn't look 50. It's crazy. My sister. That's crazy. So did you have like, um, I mean, I guess just like tell me My what... dad had had... My dad got, my dad was a football player at USC. Mm-hmm. His first wife was the president of Athletics Daughter at the time. She was like the most beautiful woman. Married her, had three kids, played professional football, was kind of like doing that. He played for the Vikings, so he was like kind of going back and forth. And yeah. then he got clipped and his knee like exploded. Yeah. And he went back to USC. They had married dorms at the time. And he lived at the married dorms with like my sister and went to dental school, became a dentist. So he had yeah. three kids. Then when he and his wife 
were broken up. My mom was going through a divorce and she was his secretary at his office and he pulled her into the office and told her he loved her. That's and she amazing. was like totally not into you. It's like a and he movie. was like, All right, you can like find another job and she like couldn't find another job and he kept on being like, I love you so much and he was like so handsome and charming and, and it um and it worked. And then he was like, I bought us a house and like here's a ring and she was like, Fuck, fuck, fuck like, <laughs> <laughs> like I gotta do this. How do you know that story so honestly? They just tell you they they've always told you that. Yeah, my mom was like, he bullied me into being with him, and he he's just like a big. I just picture him like just being like this, such like a man. I mean, like you're mine now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she was so beautiful. He was so, and she was like petite, this like chic petite Danish woman, and she was like going through divorce. She had a son, my brother Spencer, who I love more than anything, and. Then they combined all these. So there was three boys and a girl, like in from twelve to twenty in a house, and then they had me like a year later. Crazy. Did you ever have any like younger, youngest sibling sibling syndrome, like where there's all these older, yeah. like and you just want attention? Like, oh my to god! Out? I would walk into my mom. My brother loves telling a story, but like, I if I walked into the kitchen in the morning and they were all like eating, yeah. and settled, and no one was like wondering where I was. I would walk in and look around and I would scream and cry. And I remember doing that. I remember running back to my room and slamming the door and being really embarrassed by what I had just done, but <laughs> thinking like nobody even cares about me. Yeah. I just think that's a huge thing with like that affects your trajectory in life, right? Is like the youngest, the oldest. I think that like where you fall in your brothers and sisters has a, a lot huge, to of do. Of course, yeah. middle child syndrome. Like, sorry, but it's a real thing. Yeah. <laughs> you have to like... I mean, we had an interesting blended family. I was challenged a lot. They they didn't, you know, a, a few of them didn't like me. Really? Not, yeah. Like why? Just because? Yeah, you know, I was like, stuff? I'm a physical product of a divorce. Yeah. You know, so I think that was really hard. And it wasn't until I developed a personality. I mean, and then imagine like, you know, your your dad gets a divorce, marries this beautiful girl who worked for him. Yeah. They have a little girl who's like a goddamn princess. <laughs> My mom had wanted a girl her whole life. She prayed every day for me. And yeah. then like, the, I, and so it's just, yeah, it's, it's a fucking annoying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and I, and I completely get it. And then it wasn't until they realized I was like a well-rounded young woman that was cool and smart and worked hard and all that kind of stuff that they started I mean, like, I remember, I remember my brother, Jeff, like it was yesterday. I was at his house and he's like a big jock. He's so cool. He's like a really big jock. He's um, like worked in financing. And, like he played football. I went to SC. He's got like a flat screen outside by his barbecue. He drinks <laughs> yeah. a lot of beer. He's like super handsome. He's a beautiful wife. They live in La Cunata. Yeah. And I remember he was listening to Morrissey, which was like seemed really odd to me. And I was like, you listen to Morrissey? He's like, you listen to Morrissey? And then he like gave me a beer. We like started singing together. And I was like, oh shit. Like you, like we have some stuff in common. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Outside of like, like dad and moment. football. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then it was like, yeah. And I think, you know, for him, for that brother in particular, you know, he's very money driven and business driven. And yeah. so he's always like, you know, what's going on with LPA? And what's your, what's happening here? Yeah, 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 yeah. What's your margins? How much are you shipping this season? Yeah. Yeah. That's so good. It's like really funny. That's good. It was though. all tough. It was a tough, it was tough for a minute, you know. Like and what, um, we're all really close. What did you do? Like, what were you into when you were like 12 and 13? Like, skateboarding. Really? Yeah. You would go skateboarding? Yeah. That's amazing. <laughs> well, with just who? in my neighborhood. I know, but like with who? Like little boys? By myself. I really loved skateboarding. Like, I remember when like Eric Hawson's first shoe came out. I was like super stoked. 
That's so crazy. Yeah. But I was a very, I've always been very girly and like a big tomboy at the same time. So. That's so incredible. I just can't imagine you like going by yourself. Like, yeah, I, this, I hate this family. And then going and like No, there was no, I, I would be like, mommy. Like, and she'd be like, okay, honey, you should be careful. I'd be yeah. like, I'm going to go outside. And I would skate like from, I had a really steep driveway that went into the neighbor. And then the neighbors had a really long, steep driveway. And I would like start mid driveway and like bomb the driveway. <laughs> and I like, learned how to turn. And then I would go up and like flip around at the top and come back. It was it's like, like yeah, a little, little half fight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was like a real little half pipe. But I like, I stopped when I, I, I could never like, when I came to like doing tricks and like doing like an ollie, like I could never ollie. My brother Spencer tried to teach me so much, and I, I get really frustrated if I can't do things right away, and then yeah. I don't ever do them again. Yeah. So makes perfect sense. Yeah. And then what? Like any girly stuff, like girl sports. Yeah. Girl... I mean, in high school, I was a cre- like, it was it was tough on my family because I come from like a really athletic family. It was yeah. like on my dad's side that I didn't play a sport, and when you go to like a private school in Pasadena, it's kind of like. So I fucking tried volleyball and I'm just like not that good and I had like a big butt and jumping was hard. Like I also really didn't like a coach telling me what to do, which is so ironic because my dad was like a football coach for 10 years. And so, but I was like the, um, have you seen the movie Rushmore? No. It was Max Fisher and Rushmore. It's basically one of like Wes Anderson's, like Wes Anderson's like second film Uh after Bottle Rocket. It's like a really stylized, amazing movie that everybody should see. The um, Jason Schwartzman plays the main character, and yep. it's about this kid Max who goes. I, I think I've maybe I, seen ha- I have seen Max it. Max Fisher. He goes to this private school, and he's poor. He's like the poor kid that's there on scholarship, and he never goes to class because he's always he's the head of every club at the yeah. school, and they keep on trying to kick him out, but he keeps on figuring out ways to stay. And I was like that at uh-huh. high school. Like I had like they needed you had to have above like a three five to be on the student to be on like ASB, and I didn't. I had like a two nine or something. Mm-hmm. The school was always really hard for me. And my principal, who was so close to Sister Celeste, she was like, I don't know how to tell you this. Like, you can't run for student body, student activities director. You like, you have to have – and I was like, there's got to be a way around this. And so she was like, I guess you could sign a petition or get a petition. And I got a petition going and every teacher oh in the school God. signed it. And it worked. Yeah. I was – yeah. Because up until senior year, unless you do it for the whole school, you, you do it for your class. Yeah. And that didn't have those rules. So from – Freshman year through my junior year, I was always voted student activities director. And I was like, I was, this is what I've been waiting for my whole whole life. (laughs) This is the meaning of life right now. This is like for me the meaning of life. Were you into any like fashion stuff then or no? Yeah. Oh, I worked at um, a boutique. Yeah. Dude, fuck. Oh my God. As soon as I got my license, like I would rip. As soon as I got my license, as soon as Cynthia Smith, who was like one of my best friends, she worked at Vogue for a long time later as soon as she got her license and we could leave Pasadena and drive the 45 minutes like Beverly Hills or Hollywood we were out and I would just I remember like having I don't have like a I don't have like a um, trust fund or anything like that but I remember that my mom had been like had snuck some of my Christmas money into like an account Uh and I was like I remember one day being like do I have money (laughs) she was like what do you mean and I was like, where's any money that's mine? Yeah. She, she was like, go get a job. And so I did. Mm-hmm. And then and then I remember being like, but where? I know that you've taken some money at some point. And she was like, okay, I have this. there's this account. And I just went and like pulled 300 bucks out. Which for me, it was like so much money. Yeah. And I went to Ron Herman and I bought like CNC California tank tops. And I'd buy that. And then it was just like, boom. And then it was like, I have to have that. And like that shit is tight. And I would go to 
there's this is when there was boutiques and cool stores. There were so many cool stores and so many cool brands. And I would go to like Madison and Planet Blue and the racks were like they couldn't even merchandise the racks because they were so many different cool things. And every brand had like a cool label and a cool story. And this, you didn't have Instagram. You had yeah. to like go and find these things. Yeah. And now the clothes yeah. had to be good because it didn't matter. Like my clothes are great, but they're not like, you know, people are like down for the lifestyle and the vibe behind it. That's yeah. why they buy my shit. It's yeah. not like they don't, they don't even fucking touch it before they buy it. Yeah. They see it on the Internet. So yeah. there was these things they're like the, the fabrics and the colors and the, everything was so Oh, it was a dream. And so I always, I had a job from the time I was 12. Um, 12? I, yeah, I worked at. 12 was at the boutique? Yeah, my mom's friend's boutique. Jesus. And then I worked at a high-end boutique in Pasadena called Elisa B. And then I was a hostess at the Arroyo Chop House in Pasadena, which is like the really fancy steak restaurant. And um, Was that, how was that? It was sick. It was like all my parents' friends would come in. And, really? Yeah, and they, you know, it's a really expensive place. People wanted really good service, and I had to look people in shake their hands and curl my hair and wear my nice dress, and I'd go after, I'd have enough time to go home from school and, like, shower and do my hair and put on my fancy dress and get there and do the whole thing. Yeah. I mean, it was, I would I made a lot of money there because I made a percentage of the tips. That was all yep. the money that I, I say, I, so I would spend that money, but then I, I saved up a bunch of cash there and like bought my furniture when I moved to New York, like all my like Ikea furniture. So is that when you started saving? Like everything else was just spent on clothes instantly or no? Yeah. And then as soon as I went to New York, I, I mean, I blew all that to like to decorate my place. I just started saving. I'm not even kidding. Like <laughs> last month. Yeah. <laughs> because I finally got like enough money to where I could pay, I like paid off my debt and yeah. then I put the rest of it in savings. Yeah. I don't want it to. And I got my mom a car. It take, you got your mom a car? I gave her like the down payment in the first few months I paid for it, and then I got it on my credit. Is that the most incredible feeling ever? Yeah, it was insane. What did you I get? My, honestly, though, the best, the be, the best feeling was was taking her. I got um, like seventh row seats to the Paul Simon concert, and those were expensive. My friend, my best friend, and her husband got them, and they couldn't go. And they're like, "Do you want?" It? And they know how much my mom and I love Paul. My mom's a huge Simon and Garfunkel fan. And they were expensive tickets, you know? They yeah. were like, and that was better than the car. Yeah. You surprised her, obviously. I was like, like I had to call my dad and be like, Mom, I'm taking mom out. Yeah. And you can't get mad about it. And you can't call a bunch of times. You have to just sit at home and I'll make sure that like <laughs> Jeff or someone comes and brings you dinner mm -hmm. or like I'll have dinner there for your postmates. Like I'll just was like, don't, we're going to go have fun. Yeah. And she and I got tanked and had the best time. And met great people, people that I like work with now, which is so weird. There was like, it was like, it was a very fun <laughs> night. And then he played Sound of Silence, and my mom like look over and crying. And I was like, I bought like there was like a thousand bucks or both tickets. Yeah. So that was like the you know yeah. So it's so dope. Yeah. yeah, it was crazy. That's what it's all about. What um, what did you go to New York for? I went to Parsons. That's a funny story. Phil Spector got me into Parsons. Yeah, tell me that. That was in the th in the article, <laughs> right? He used to come into the chop house because he lived in Pasadena. A lot of a lot of homies? like chic people live. In no, dude, he was going through his murder trial. No one was allowed to talk to him. <laughs> <laughs> it just sounds so crazy. To it's say. not. <laughs> yeah, he would come in with this like big bald guy from New York who was his lawyer. Okay, and they would, you know, someone would call and they'd be like, you know. Phil's coming. Have a table for him. And we were like, panic. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> he had to always sit at table 12. And he came in one night. It was like probably like the third time I'd seen him in there. 
the waitress came over to the table. I remember like it was yesterday. This waitress was so cute. I remember she lived in Brooklyn. We used to talk about Jamaican beef. She's like, when you move to New York one day, after I got in person, she's like, you got to get a Jamaican beef patty, but only in Brooklyn. Uh-huh. Which I did. It was just so cool. Was it anyway, amazing or no? Yeah, it's okay. funny. Jamaican beef patties are so good. And then she, um, she was like, Phil wants to talk to Pia. And I remember like manager and like all people the people. requested you? Yeah. They were oh, like, he yeah. wants to talk to you. And we were all like, everyone was like, fuck. And they're like, you can't go over there. And he was like, you should go over there. And there was like all this talking. And I looked at him and was like, I got it. What's you doing? Like, murder me at the restaurant. <laughs> Maybe. It's fine. Like, so I like walk up. I'm like, hi. And PM. Uh-huh. And he like whispered to the lawyer. And the lawyer would be like, um, you know, Mr. Spector, I just want to say hi. He understands you're a senior in Sacred Heart. And I was like, yeah. And he's like, where do you want to, where are you going to go for college? And I was like, I don't know. I, you know, everyone in my family went to USC pretty much. Or not my, I mean, a lot of people in my family went to USC. And my yeah. dad went there. And, um, you know, a lot of my friends were going there. But, like, I didn't get in first semester. And that was really hard. They were trying to make it, like, an Ivy League at the time. So they were being really gnarly mm-hmm. with GPA acceptance. It was when they were winning all the national championships. And so, it's like, you know, maybe I'll go. And I'd gotten into, like, some school. I applied to 25 schools because I didn't know where I was going to get in because I knew some schools would really want me for all my activities and some schools were going to be like, her grades suck. Yeah. And it was like, that was about, like the peak of just college admittance being the most just sad. It, just, it was just sad. Yeah. It was just sad. You know, because I here I'd worked so hard and I was like also just like a good person. Yeah. And there's, you know, and some people are really academically inclined, but they're just kind of like, you see these people, they're just kind of like washed over. Like there's nothing there, but they're really smart. Yeah. And I would look at those people and be like, I have so much more to offer. Yeah. Like, <laughs> but I think that's like the fundamental like issue with the whole thing. The so, yeah. so I knew I'd end up where I belonged because yeah. I knew that I would end up where, where whatever admittance, admission council yeah knew i was gonna do well you know what i mean where they were like this girl's cool yeah so i was like that's just where i'll end up anyway so you know they were talking and da, da, da. and then i was like oh well you know i might go to i gotta hear whatever but i was like i really want to go to the new school but i just found out about the new school last minute like my college counselor for as great of a school i went to i think she just thought i was a wash so yeah. she she didn't think that you know i don't now they have such a good art program, but I don't think she thought like, oh, we should send this girl to like all the liberal, she should probably like all the great liberal arts colleges. Yeah. And so I didn't. And I kind of was like, I'd found out about it. I can't remember. It was like kind of like right before, it was like the day of the deadline or like the day before or something. It was like so serendipitous that he had asked and on that day, yeah. and then I said new school and then he whispered to the lawyer who whispered back to him, oh, you want to go to the new school? Well, Mr. Spector has a very good relationship with Bob Carey, the president of the new school. His daughter's graduating from Eugene Lang right now, which is like another college under the university. Yeah. And I was like, are you kidding me? That's so weird. And he was like, give me your email and your phone number. And I did. And the Bob Carey's assistant called me the next day, June Cutler. What the hell? And she was this woman who was like in her, she was older. She was an older woman. And for some reason, she and I hit it off. And talked about like our similar fathers and a similar upbringing and cried. We talked for hours on the phone. Yeah. And she was like, honey, just get the application. And in the next couple of days, I got it. And yeah. I was like, okay. And I already had my portfolio ready. Like, and I just did the questions. And I remember my cousin looking it over with me. I just freaked out and I sent it and I got in. How crazy. And I was sitting in the driveway at my parents' house. We went to brunch on a Sunday, or on a Sunday, on a Saturday. I remember what I had for brunch. 
to pull them in the driveway because that's the time we were waiting for these. It's like the big envelope or the small envelope. That's you know? that moment. Yeah, oh, and the man. big envelope came from part from the new school. And it just and I'd never had any desire to move to New York City. Yeah, and and then at this point, you know, my last brother moved out when I was six. So no, so now I'm best friends with my parents. We're like the fucking three amigos. <laughs> yeah. I'm obsessed with them. We spend every second together. And now, I'm, and now I have to, now it's yeah. like, I can't turn this down. I have to leave them. Were you scared? Yeah, I cried every day for a year. I was severely depressed. Really? And my mom was so devastated and couldn't tell me she was devastated. Like, we were both privately suffering to yeah. not let the other one know that we were suffering so yeah. it wouldn't upset the other one. That was the first year that you were in New York. Yeah, my mom, yeah. my dad would call me. He'd be like, she's sleeping in your room. Like, she's <laughs> like, she's, he would, like, smell my pillows. It was also a tough week. Like, the week that I moved, the week I moved there, my dad was in the hospital recovering from a surgery where we literally were like, maybe you're going to die. Jesus. And my mom's mom died. Man. My grandmother. The same week that you left. Same week I left. It was Oof. the worst week of my mom's life. Yeah. You know, and then I'm, I mean, remember laying in bed with her, couldn't sleep before getting on the plane. Oh, my God. It was awful. It was like, it makes me so, it was <laughs> awful. Yeah. It was awful. And we like went to the Burbank airport to like get on my JetBlue flight and we just cried. Yeah. And then... And now to like fast forward, oh my God, when she got the, when she got the paper, she went to, she was like, where do I even get, could they get that late times? Every day they read the paper. Uh-huh. Every day they read the paper. I mean, the sound of the crunch of the newspaper, like on my dad's bed and my parents' it's bed. Like it was a, like, cause now the dogs crawl on it too. I can hear it in the morning when they call me. Yeah. She didn't, they don't get the New York Times. So, um, she's like, she's like, I guess I will just go to Romans, you know, since so she went to Romans in Pasadena. And she called me. I was like waiting for her call. And I knew she would see it when and she just this is gonna make me cry too, but she just called me. She just was hysterical. I couldn't even hear. She was like <gasps> I was like she's she just sat on saying, Who are you? Oh man. Like who gave birth to you? Like so cool. where did all this come from? Yeah. You know? Yeah, you have just, some really good moments. Yeah, I've had insane moments. Like really good moments and like you you like cherish them really well. Oh my God. It's, yeah, what is this what life is about? I know, but you're good at it. I mean, you're literally making me like go through like, man, do I have any of those? How did that go when of course that you did. thing happened? I do. I just need to get better at like remembering them. Can I, can I tell you? I don't know if I can do Robin Big was my favorite. <laughs> really? Robin Big. <laughs> Even though I know a lot of it was fake and I don't want to talk about it. I, I just want to keep it as it is. Yeah. Robin Big was so fucking funny and so and i watched it all the time and like i watched it up until like kind of recently and like also how recently is kind i of mean recently. probably like a year ago i watched okay. an episode because i also used to live in like hollywood and so i was like i was like ever they're all around me back there, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, like, and then, like i just it was so funny and my bro i remember my brother and i bonding over it so much because he was like dude you watch that show and i was like yeah and we like watched it together it was so you were what you were like 20 one 22 when it was on i don't know you had to be right i'm trying to think how old i was because we're the same age so i was like 19 through 22 wow really yeah that was your college yeah, that was my college weird college so when i got connected with you you knew who I, you were like oh that's the guy from the yeah well, also christina works here who i love oh, so yeah. much but like yeah. yeah of course yeah i was like that's, that's drama from fucking dude oh well rob and big black didn't like each other right well towards the end they had a thing okay but they, you know, they they re. He was on Fantasy Factory. Oh, okay. Yeah, they became friends again. That was so funny. Yeah. Um, damn. That's People really should funny. watch it. That's really because it's actually like 
comedic. I feel like I have good taste for comedy. Yeah. Like I did comedy sports in high school. Like I wanted to be, and I, and I, I the, the, it's actually like from like just like a comedic standpoint. Oh yeah. I think it's one of the greatest brilliant. things ever. Yeah. It's brilliant. I agree. And to like the fake the point, his body and the way that he's the whole. The crazy part about it is how much of it was like freestyled. Yeah. Like so much well, of it was just them like messing around. Yeah. Anyway. Um, okay. Here's my question. So explain to me what it's called the new school. Yeah. New York. It's the new school. And then under it is Eugene Lang, which is like a liberal arts like writing and da, da, da. And then there's Parsons, which mm -hmm. is the design art. So I start my first semester. I was at Eugene Lang because I thought I wanted to be. I dude, I didn't. I didn't know what I wanted to do. So mm -hmm. I and I knew that the new school would be great because I could do a lot of things, mm -hmm. right? So I was just. So I took like a lot of writing classes and like marketing classes, um, photography because I've always been to photography. And yeah. then I found this program my first semester at Eugene Lang that was at Parsons, called Design and Management. Mm -hmm. I met. That's where I met Heron Her Preston and I were both in design management oh, the together. Got it. And you basically kind of build your own curriculum. It's business and like liberal arts. Got it. So I took insane classes. It was so cool. I'm still connected to one of my professors there who now like works at the Met. <laughs> like in the, like doing it's all their insane. fashion yeah. shit. Yeah. She was always, I mean, Parsons is a really hard school to get into. Yeah. The teachers are all unbelievable. Jessica Glasgow, she's so fucking cool. Yeah. She taught a, she taught a class called The Death of Cool. That was like what type of unbelievable like trends? How Levi's started, yeah, and now looking at us and being like, "That's why you fucking wear Levi's." <laughs> yeah. You don't know shit about why you're wearing those pants, yeah. and that is why cool isn't cool anymore. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because you saw that somewhere else, you don't even know the. So it was like so cool. Yeah. So I wrote my my thesis for that class. I wrote on like the like the moto, like the moto jacket. Got it. You know, I mean, it was, like, it was a flight cool. jacket and then it was like when men came back from the war they felt this like camaraderie so they would wear their flight jackets and they would a lot of them got into motorcycles so they could like band together and then it like turned into a motorcycle jacket interesting and now girls spend and now i make them for fifteen hundred yeah, yeah. dollars yeah. and sell them <laughs> um so is that what you'd say like you found your sort of like lane in life like you went there kind of being like, oh, I think I'm into this type of shit. And then you yeah, came I out remembered, like, like, I just remember being like, okay, cool. Like here, like I took like a product development class and that was, I remember just being like, okay, there's moments in these classes where my heart pounds. Yeah. And like, that's cool. Did you hear my dog snoring? I do. I love it. I hope it's coming in on any of the He's microphone. He's so cute. Look at the little ears. And then the first moment, my first like aha moment was I produced a photo shoot on my own. I had a friend who was a photographer who lived across the street. She was older than me. And she was like, I'm not getting the work I used to get. Like, yeah. I used to get these big, like, you know, this is when photographers were photographers and yeah. we really wanted, like, the Urban Outfitters campaign. And, like, she had been getting all that work but, like, wasn't. And and this is when blogs were out. And her blog was all personal work. And her personal work was, like, she had been following these, like, metal kids in Rhode Island. And they were amazing photos. But it was of metal kids yeah. in Rhode Island. They were very masculine. It was them skating and partying. And then she started taking photos of, the, like, Dustin Dole, that's how I met all these skate kids. Like, we used to kick it with Dustin, and she would, like, take sick photos of, like, Dustin and all the, like, piss drunks kids. And um, and I was, like, you know, I remember looking at her. We were, like, smoking cigs in my apartment when I was young. And I was, like, if I was a producer or if I was just Urban Outfitters and I wanted someone to shoot a campaign that made girls look beautiful in clothes, I wouldn't hire you yeah. because your work is very male-oriented. Yeah. Why don't we do a photo shoot with, like, pretty girls? 
and like put it on whatever. And so I put together this photo shoot and like just reached out to like my network and got like Harley Vera Newton, who's like a big deal. Like all these girls who now are like a big deal. Yeah. And this like sick French stylist who I used to like drink at the bar with who really liked me. And I was like, dude, I gotta pull it. And I got everyone to do it for free. Yeah. I got a studio for free. I like Googled what a call sheet was, <laughs> figure out how to put that together. Yeah. And it turned out great. And I was like, I could do this. Cause in, I, I work better in moments of chaos. Yeah. Um, and that was kind of like an aha moment. Yeah. I just feel like a big question that I get a lot is like how you find, I think a lot of these listeners are like super hungry. How do hungry. you get there? Yeah. Like, well, how do you find your thing? You know what I mean? You gotta like, do lots of shit. Yeah, that's what it so is. I did so much. Yeah. I also, I did so much. I mean, I, two years ago, was like, what's my thing? Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it just, when you, when you do, when you work really hard and you take chances and you put positive energy out into the universe yeah. and the, and you're genuine about it, like, God will give you back. I'm not even like such a God, like, I look at, I'm not like a Jesus freak and I'm not like a God freak, right? Like I don't go to church. I grew up very going to Catholic school my whole life. Yeah. I believe in the Virgin Mary and I believe in God and I believe in the devil. Yeah. And if you don't believe in those things, it doesn't matter because it's still like a cosmic energy. Yeah. You go to, to you go towards the light or you go towards the darkness and that's just scientific and you can't argue with it, right? Correct. So like the law of positive attraction is real. Yeah. So things have come to me in moments where I've released bad energy, mm -hmm. like got out of a bad relationship soon as my ex and I broke up, everything started happening because yeah. I was miserable for three years Yeah, and felt really uninspired and felt like I wasn't good enough and felt like I didn't want to lap him and like put myself in a weird position. And then all of a sudden it was like, oh wait, like all this hard work does pay off. Yeah, And it's, you know, being, I think everyone needs to have like a little bit of humility, but also you got to put yourself out there a little bit and yeah. show the, th like people, it's like, what do you, what can, it doesn't matter if you're cool. This is where I'm, doesn't matter if you have fucking cool shit on Instagram. Can you take a photo? Can you write? Are you good? Like, what's your thing? Yeah. What do you do? Yeah. What am I? What am I? What am I going to trade you money for? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like my assistant who works with me is the most talented angel, and he's so quiet and loves his family and mm -hmm. is so talent, pure talented, and he works very hard for me because he loves me and I do so much for him because I love him mm -hmm. and it is a beautiful working relationship mm -hmm. and I will do anything to help him for the rest of my life until yeah. he's like set up. Yeah. Like even if it means him going away from me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and it's because I respect him. Yeah. And so that's like, I have a hard time. I mean, I'm really in a weird place with all this stuff because girls DM me and email me all day long and they say, hi, I'm a social media influencer. Oh, man. I would love to promote you on my platform. I have X amount of followers. I'm going to be traveling, and it would be great to get the clothes before I leave. Yeah. Here's my rates. And I'm like, and so sometimes I respond, and I know that, and it's like the girls who are like the real, who, I don't know, I don't like the word influencer, but whatever it. it is, like yep. those girls, the, like, you know, the girls that we work with Revolve, yeah. those are the hardest working, most business oriented, yeah. like every like Miranda Hewitt and and the the Bikini a Day girls, Tasha and Devin, like those girls work so hard. Yeah. They run their own businesses. They see an opportunity. They start a business. Like, and and so that's where that's where I don't want it to be like where I'm one sided with this because I'm not. It's a person to person situation. But I think we've all lost a little bit of sight of 
you know, having like a real crap. Like yeah. there's no crap. I mean, America's not like a crap. You know, what? America's not known for, you know, in Italy, they everyone, they make cashmere. Mm-hmm. And, you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. like Turkey, they make fucking beautiful rugs. Like yeah. countries have tangible, beautiful things that you like. Yeah. It's what your craft we have is. famous people. And we have famous people. <laughs> yeah. And that's why Donald Trump is our president. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 100%. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. No, I get it. I get it. I could go on this stuff for hours. But. Yeah, so I just feel a responsibility to obviously, like, sell my clothes. The clothes make me so happy seeing girls in the clothes. Like, yeah. dude, someone the other day, oh, like, crazy things will happen. Like, I'll go to a wedding and, like, a bridesmaid will be in LPA. Not yeah. even know. You know. Those things make me sob. Yep. They make me so happy and they make me work so hard. And I'm like, this I is going to happen forever. I can't stop crying. Yeah, I picture you just crying all the time. I, like, so oh, God, I, I cry that? so much. Yeah. I cry so much. Yeah. I cried already today. I also um just really PMSy right now. But so that makes you extra cryy or no? Yeah. Got it. Um, my but point is you met is, a girl before. What? <laughs> yeah, but I thought it just like makes you angry. Yeah, I cry. I mean, no, it's mine for me is more crying. I got really angry on the drive here because I'm frustrated with something that's going on in my personal life. Yeah. And then the traffic was really bad. Yeah. And then the parking structure was closed. Yeah. And then he peed and he stepped in it. And there was like all these little things that happened and this and this immense anger grew inside of my gut right before I walked in here. And I, this is also the difference between like a elevated person and not, I'm like working very hard on being an elevated person. Yeah. I took a deep breath and I practiced and I was like, you're so blessed. Yeah. Why are you mad about anything? Did it work? Yeah. And I was like, get your shit together. Yeah. You want grateful brat. It's just hard. I'm trying to get better at that stuff too. I mean, I that just, exact, well, like, I've been on birth control life. since I was... 15 yeah and i just went off of it so for the first time ever i'm like feeling all this Uh, oh my i'm feeling my feelings yeah that has to be weird it's weird but it's also like you know that's i think with anyone like not being over i am really trying to hard jesus rubbing his butt on your leg i'm trying really hard to not be you know and everyone should just don't overreact and whether you're you know what i mean yeah i'm huge on the same thing you but you seem like a very level person pretty i'm pretty level but i'm also trying to get better at that right like i'm trying to um actually use it i just don't think that i like crazy overreact i'm not crazy emotional and if i do get emotional like i keep it to myself like i don't lash out i get emotional and now you know i have like a responsibility to not get emotional and then it, it affects other people that's the problem you know what i think part of me too is that i have been so i think being on tv at a young age made me feel like you know, you have a responsibility to act a certain way. Like you can't be the crazy person because now you're not just the crazy person, you're the crazy guy that takes himself too serious because he was on Robin Bake, right? Mm -hmm. And then when you start a business, which has been eight years now, so since I was 21 or 22, now then I feel this responsibility that I can't do that to other people, right? Yeah, of course. Because you're trying to run this business. Yeah. So I think I've always had to like throttle it a little bit yeah. but it doesn't mean it still doesn't happen internally so that's the part that i try to get better at right women are, are a little bit more outward yeah. and then emotional dramatic i mean i'm like i have like fiery blood and i get my mom's an emotional like really connected woman and my dad is like a very hot angry italian yeah. man and like the combination of the two of them is me and like one person it's like a lot you know yeah, but i can't sense. i have to even with just like my relationships you know have to be like accountable for that and then now also, you know, I do this talk called I Heard She's a Bitch. And and it's about understanding if somebody is being a bitch. Like, you know, not calling other women bitches, yeah. like women internally. 
And then um, also understand, like, if someone's being a bitch, like, maybe they're going through something. Yeah. And instead of being like, she's a bitch, being like, maybe that bitch is more fuck with you right there. <laughs> yeah, you know what yeah. I mean? And people do that with me a lot where they see me. And if I'm not Pia, yeah. it's like, perform for me, monkey. Yeah, Why yeah, aren't you yeah. being? And like, I'm tired, man. Yeah. Like, by four o'clock, like, I'm tired. It's and true. I'm really tired. Yeah. And I'm trying to figure out how to, like, stop itching. Like he, well, no, he doesn't please. <laughs> He's got him. No, because he I'm was sorry. in the grass earlier. He gets itchy. And he got a weird rash from this office. Something's dirty in here. Come on, eh? um, But I get that. I have felt that way for a long time, right? But I just, I think that that's part of what's made me so like. Yeah. Which probably could be like. But a it's problem. different. I think it's also like a. I hate to be like women have it worse, but like it's just you know. So it is true. Yeah, like it's if you're like, being yeah, bitchy, a little bit worse. If you're being yeah. bitchy, where it's, it's like, like, what's wrong with her? Yeah. Or if I, then I'm like about. You're hot. Yeah. Right, like, look at him taking charge that, of that yeah. room. <laughs> like, fuck you all. Yeah. Yeah. So, I love that because that's what, like I said, people ask me all the time, "What do I do? I listen to your podcast. I do this. I do that." But I don't know what my thing is. But right? it just it comes to you, right? So I did everything. Like my favorite job ever was being a waitress. Yeah. Ever. Wait, why? Oh my god! I thought you were gonna say when I read that in your story, I thought you were gonna say like that was the most miserable time of my life. No. Why? Oh my god! I worked in this hole in the wall Italian restaurant called Manjami in New York. Uh huh. The owner was like, it's just this guy opened this restaurant with his wife. He was from Milano. She was Japanese. They never fucking got along, and they argued all the time, which was so funny. Publicly. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Great. Yeah. And he used to be DJ. So he had like all these cool European people who would come in. We'd listen to great music. And I would like hustle pasta all night long. And like yeah. it's a great way to inter I mean, I just love human interaction. Mm -hmm. It's a great way to understand. I mean, listen, if you fuck up someone's meal, yeah. They get people upset. get mad. Mm -hmm. You know? So yeah. That's how you learn how to read people. There'd be times where I would like make a little joke and that would be, people would be like, uh -huh. and I'm like, okay. So I just have to be like really quiet and polite with this table. And yeah. then this table likes when Pia's being funny. And then like, so it's good, it's really good to learn how to read people. Yeah. Like to learn how to multitask. Like did I fire table 12? Cause like, you know, they're, you have to see, like they're finishing their appetizer. So I want to make sure that by the time they're really done with that, that the pasta is ready. It was just, and then I love moving around. I would get sweaty. I, he didn't have a dress code. So I just wear like little shorts and my like motorcycle boots or vans. Um, yeah, I really, I love that job. And I thought that, and it's also just like fun and great. And I like, you know, it was nice to have days to myself and go to work at five and yeah. be out. On that. And then it was like, I felt like I didn't need to go out. Or if I did, I was like fired up from the night. I don't know. I just loved it. Yeah. I would love to open up a like little restaurant one day or like a little yep. store and like be in there you know and just interact with Benny Kwan thank you nice um where did you go straight out of college did you work at a clothing line I lived in New York straight out of college I was freelance producing after I did that photo shoot Got and it. waitressing at the same time and I started casting for Diane Martel street casting so i would cast like beyonce videos or pharrell videos and i would like cast on the street or yeah. like i'd go to like oh my god what's that um orchard beach in the bronx oh my god what is that it's it's nuts dude so i used to cast at orchard beach what is orchard beach orchard beach is like it's like all of like the most like ratchet dominicans and republic and republicans <laughs> <laughs> that would be something. That'd be a cool place to go. Just ratchet Dominicans, Dominicans and Republicans, which is like my favorite. That's why I miss about New York so much. Is like that. I miss hearing like reggaeton, like playing all the time. I miss it so much. Yeah. Anyway, 
but it's like the it's like it's like ratchet dance party during the day, like drinking, like like little girls in like the sluttiest bathing suits, like people just like living yeah. at the beach. It's like so. It's like bringing the city, bringing the Bronx to the beach. It's Got like it. right there. So I would cast up there, um, which was like so cool because like you know like. Dominicans and Puerto Ricans are the most funny. I just think are like the most beautiful people anyway. And yeah. then there was like being in New York, like it was all these like insanely beautiful, like mixed people. Yeah. And they would like read these children yeah. that like grew up in the Bronx who were like so beautiful looking. Yeah. And that at like a young age had the crazy cool style. Or just like, you know, I grew up white in Pasadena. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just fucking boring. Yeah. You know, like I get it. Boring. Yep. Like, thank God I live in Southern California and there's like Mexican people because yeah. they really you love. You should see white in Ohio. Yeah. Whoa. It's like super white. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we don't, yeah, there's nothing. What are What are we known for? You know what I mean? What, there's Pasadena? Not, oh, white just people. Just white people. Uh, we're just, we're known for just ruining shit. Yeah. Like just so making it So I would laugh. go do that and that was amazing. And then, you know, I would cast for Beyonce videos and do cool stuff and Diane was like so encouraging. And then, and then I started working at People's Revolution and I lived in the back of the so broke I couldn't afford an apartment. So I lived in the back of the showroom. Mm -hmm. So Kelly, the office was on the second floor. Kelly Catrone lived on the third floor and the showroom was on the fourth floor. And I lived in like a makeshift room in the back for a year. And then after that, got an apartment and quit and got the fuck out of that. Uh -huh. And um, which is like that I should write a goddamn book about. And then, um, Started working at Reformation. Got it. And I was at Reformation for a long time. And you were at Reformation in New York, working in New York. Yeah, it's, yeah. The offices used to be in New York. Got it. And what um, what was your first job there? Designing. They like wanted me to do in-house PR. Really? Yeah. So I would like kind of do stuff, but then it was like we would open stores, and it'd be like, oh, can I like help paint the stores? Like really like physically doing things, and then would help like throw the parties, and then. The owner would be like, "Oh, do you want to like style for this?" So I would like style the for the ecom shoots, yeah. and then I would, and then it was just like, "Oh, do you want to do this? Oh, let's do this. Oh, let's do this." Like da da da, and it just became a lot. And then I just eventually, went, and then she was like, "Do you want to sit on a design meeting with us?" And I was like, "Sure." And then that was kind of it. Like, and then I left for a little bit, and then I came back and was just the designer there, which was amazing. And that's how it went. Like you just got in wherever you fit in, and then you just. Yeah, you figure it out. I know. You're just, and I learned, that's interesting. And I learned a lot, you know? It's like yeah. nothing is better than like fucking up. Yeah. So I would like mess up and be like, okay. I remember I ordered the wrong neon. Okay, so do you see this neon sign? Uh -huh. That's glass okay. with with red inside. Yeah. That's that's why that's red, right? Yeah. But it would be more red if this glass was red. Yes. Right? Yeah. So we wanted a red neon sign for the Reformation store at Melrose. Uh-huh. And to be quick and get it done fast, it wasn't detail-oriented. And I said, I want a red sign. And they said, do you want red glass or white glass? Do you want white glass with red light or do you want red? Like red glass. Yeah. And I was like, uh, clear glass with red lights on sign. Yeah. So this sign from across the street, especially, weak. it's really weak. Yeah. And it looks kind of pink. Yeah. And we had put together a really specific deck that said, these are our colors. It's green from plants. And it's neutrals from wood. And it's red neon. Bright. Yeah. Cherry red neon. And the, the day that we opened, the sign got delivered that morning. And it was weak as hell. And it was weak. And the owner called me and was like, and I was downtown at the office. And she was like, the neon's wrong. Mm -hmm. And I was like, are you kidding me? And she was like, get here now. So I drove from downtown to, ho to Hollywood and crying. Or just like. <laughs> of course. Of course. 
I just knew I was going to get like a lashing. And she was so mad that she was very calm. And she put me in her car and we drove up and down Santa Monica Boulevard. And she goes, you see that neon? That is clear glass with red. Do you see how bright that one is? That is red glass. Did you ask those questions? Yeah. Or when they said, what option are you going to pick? Did you go physically see those to know you were making the best choice possible? Yeah. And I said, no. And she goes, no, you were moving quickly and you made a very, very, very bad decision. Mm -hmm. And now you're fucked up. Mm -hmm. And now I have to get a new light. And it's the day of the party. It's not right. Mm -hmm. Because you didn't, you weren't. And so that's like also where I get nervous with people, again, with Instagram and stuff. Like these are the things that you need to learn yeah. to be really detail oriented to make decisions that are well educated yeah you know what i mean like not just like hypothesize what's gonna fucking happen but be like oh okay like i don't need to make an educated guess like i can go actually see these th like yeah, which yeah, yeah. what's better yeah you know what i mean like take the extra time to make sure you're doing the right thing yeah it's like and i had a girl who worked with me for a minute that like would just guess all the time i don't know i guess and i'm like i'd be like whoa whoa, whoa. and i'd be like god i used to do that yeah don't make a guess. Yeah. Because here's the thing. If a dress comes back and it's not cute, I'll cancel it. Yes. But like if it's a little bit late and really awesome, we can sell out. Yeah. So just take the time to make it better. Yeah. And if it's not good enough, it's not about hitting a deadline. It's yeah. about making sure that you're hitting the deadline in the best way possible and coming up with the best solutions to problems. Yeah. But you only learn that <clears throat> from Fucking going up. through it. Yeah. Yeah, you got to do... I mean, some people are... My sis, Timmy's an angel. He's never fucked up. I don't think he's had to do those things because he's like that already. Yeah. You know what I mean? He's very detail oriented. He's really organized. He's very chic. He like, he's just. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. And you know, and some kids are born like that, but if you're not, you better work really hard. Yeah. So tell me the story about you were working at Reformation and you were going to go work at Zara. Yeah, I had. So in my, I, when I got out of this like big breakup during the, t during our relationship, Zara had been reaching out to me. And on like LinkedIn. Yeah. And I didn't, you know, I'm in a relationship with somebody that was really serious that I, and I really like, I want to get married and have kids more than anything. Yeah. So having that serious of a relationship and being kind of that close to that, I was like, I didn't want to even take the interview because I didn't want to be like, wait, may have us have to make that decision. Yeah. And then I also thought if I did get it and he was down, like I didn't, I, I don't know if we're like, I was at an in insecure place in our relationship and i was like that would be irresponsible yeah i mean like move to another country with something like i'm not even sure like we're in a yeah. bad place mm -hmm. so i ignored it and then when we broke up for real for real they reached out again very seriously and they're like we want to fly you here or we did a skype interview uh -huh. this guy went around they're like all right we want to fly you here and at the time i was like i have no desire to move to spain or do any of that but like i ha was like i really want to go on a trip and eat, pray, love myself. Yeah. And I want to do it in Italy. Yeah. And so I took the interview to like get a ticket to go to Europe. Yeah. And I changed the return ticket coming back from Naples and went to Positano. Mm -hmm. So I have the interview. So I asked my friend Emily if she'll go with me, meet me there. And she happened to host an event with Revolve on the 4th of July at the Hamptons. Mm -hmm. And they, you know, obviously they flew her there. So her return flight was to Naples to meet me. And Raisa, the head of marketing at the time, was like, oh, we're, you know, what are you going to do in Italy? Who are you meeting? She's like, oh, I'm going to meet my friend Pia. She interviewed at Zara. She was like, wait, Pia from Reformation? Like, she would, she's willing to leave Reformation? Like, we want to work with her. Everyone thought I would never leave her at. Yeah. 
And then the Zara people ended up being incredible, ended up having the best time. Mm -hmm. So I have my interview. The next day I go, I land in Naples. I meet up with Emily at the airport. I like get off the plane. She's like waiting there for me. She's like, dude, the 4th of July party was fucking crazy. It was so fun. Mm -hmm. Oh, also like this girl asked about you, Risa from, I was like, oh yeah, I know. She's just like, they, they want to work with you. And I was like, that's weird. And she was like, well, did you like Zara? And I was like, yeah, it was dope, whatever. So then we like, Again, I'm sobbing because I'm in <laughs> Naples and like I'm like I'm in Napoli and I'm just so happy to be in Italy and I've always wanted to go to Positano. So I'm like, we're driving and the driver is so cute. Looks like my grandpa. And I'm just like in heaven. It's just like Italy's just everything. It's like the best place in the world. Mm -hmm. And so we like get to our little Airbnb and and then my, one of my friends was like, oh my god, right away I put on Instagram. This is also where Instagram is great. I'm like, oh my god. She's like, you're in Amalfi. Dude, in Positano is Shea Black. My friend John Franco owns it. You gotta go down there. So we go down. I like find out who this guy is. He's like, I'll take care of you the whole trip. Thank God, because I didn't realize how expensive it was. I had no money. So he's like giving us pizza. So I'm sitting down eating a real Italian pizza in Positano for the first time, drinking an Aperol Spritz with my friend Emily and Zara calls and they said, You have the job. And I was like, Oh my God. So again, we're sobbing. I'm like, I'm moving to Spain. Like, this is insane. I can't believe it. And I was like, at that time at Reformation, I was like, I just don't, you know, I didn't know what I wanted to do. There's not that many fashion brands in LA. I literally was like, I have no future. Yeah. I'm so tied to Reformation. I'm kind of good at a lot of little things. I'm not really good at one thing. Where could I even go? What am I going to do? I literally was like, do I start a creative agency? Do I just start a casting company? I had no clue, and now I'm going through a breakup, and I'm heartbroken, and I was just in a shitty place. Yeah. And then that happened, and then I get back from Italy, and I meet up with Risa. Oh, I accept the job, so they start working on my visa, and I meet up with Risa. We go meet for a drink, and she was like, "Okay, um, you know, whatever." She's like, "I've been following you for a long time. We're like, oh, wait, you did a Reformation. Like, I think you're really funny. Like, I love your Instagram. I know we've never met, but like a little bit about Revolve. Da da da." We have this like apparel company we started. We have like a lot of in-house brands and um, you know, they're doing really well and we want to expand. And she's like, we want to give you a brand. We want to make you the creative director of a, of a brand for us. Sobbing. So sobbing. Yeah. <laughs> I got in my car and I called my mom and I was like, I was so hopeless two months ago yeah. or a month ago, weeks ago. And I have two insane options. Yeah. And for a month, I didn't know what I was going to do. And I went to like every psychic and tarot card reader and therapist and asked everyone who I respected what I should do. I remember like going to John Buscemi's office and being like, what do I do? Yeah. I, like, I just went to like everyone's office. I was like, what do you think? And, you know, it's fairly interesting. Yeah. A lot of people said, go move to Europe. When else are you going to be able to live in Europe, you know, and have that experience? Honestly, what eventually made the decision was that I love my parents a lot and I never – Wanted. I was scared I was going to meet, and we were, my mom was scared I was going to meet someone in New York and have to mm -hmm. make a decision about, now it's like, I got really scared I was going to meet somebody in Europe yeah. and have to make a decision between like Europe and yeah. California. Isn't that like a girl's dream though? I mean, well, that's the, the person that's in my life right now is not from this country, so it got ended it. up being like the same thing ended up happening. But they're here or no? Here, yeah. Okay. Um... But that's, you know, and so it was just like so ironic, but I just thought to myself, okay, you know, I'm not, I'm young, but I'm not super young. And where do I want to settle? I don't want to meet anyone that's going to take me super far away from my family. And then also, what's the end game? 
is always to be a creative director. But then I was like, but maybe it, like I'm not good enough yet. Maybe I need to work a little bit longer. Mm. Maybe Zara will make me a little more well. You know what I mean? Like maybe that's meant to happen later. And I really need to like get my design skills better and be a more worldly person before I start my own brand. You know, I also am not. Here's also what I tell everybody all the time. If you're not good at something, it's more important from my perspective to know your weaknesses and your strengths. Yeah. And don't ever pretend like you can do something that you can't do. Yeah. I can't ever, 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 ever manage money properly. Mm -hmm. I can't manage money. I can't put information into a, an Excel sheet. I'm not super detail oriented. Yeah. So for me to do production and financing on a brand would never happen. Yeah. And I would fail yeah. miserably. So to work for a brand that had all those things built in and yeah. that was like a, a system yeah. and to, to do all the things that I do that I know I'm really good at. I do all the photo shoots. I design all the clothes. I pick the models. Yeah. I do all the events. I do all the social media. I do every newsletter. I do every Instagram caption. Like all those things. Everyone's like, oh, you got handed a brand. I'm like, really? No, I didn't. Well, everyone's going to have their like thing. I do all the stuff that I know I can do that yeah. if I even started a brand on my own, I would hire other people to do, yeah. Yeah. you know, but I just... And I'm not like that whole getting funding and like, you know, I had no money. So I didn't even, even if I got fun, like I didn't have enough money. I'm, I'm paid, I was paycheck to paycheck up until recently. Yeah. So it's not even like I could find funding and take that time off. Yep. I would have to move into my parents. Like for me to start a brand on my own, I had to move into my parents' house, literally borrow money from them to like eat food. They'd have yeah. to pay for my car yeah. and I'd have to like find funding and then hope I didn't fuck all that up. Yeah. So it'd be this, terrible. Nearly impossible. It'd be impossible. So how did you decide? Was it just sort of a combination of all of these things? I just thought to myself, like, you know, I, I there was a lot. Of, it was a combination of all those things. And then I said, okay, if they, you know, it's just contractual things. If yeah. I can get X, Y, and Z. Yeah. And if I can, you know, have complete creative control and all that, then totally. And they were like, oh, yeah, no, 100%. Yeah. God, it's so cool. Yeah, it's really cool. Was there like a big launch? Uh, did you do like a, was there a big moment, I guess, that's also in the, like one the, of these. The big launch party. Yeah, like that big moment that you just remember more than anything. I always thought for so long, like you think, right, like I remember going to events in New York for 10 years, the 10 years I lived there and being like, God, if I ever did something, would people show up? Yeah. So the night of the launch party, I really wanted it to feel like you were in New York. So I found a warehouse in downtown LA and mm -hmm. had a huge warehouse party. Diplo showed up and DJed with like Virgil which was insane <laughs> like it was like so like Virgil like, it was just so all these it was people were like this is the shit like yeah. it was insane my sister was there wasted my niece is there wasted like Diplo was playing like I'm on stage with Virgil Diplo <laughs> yeah. which was in the New York or the LA Times the next day which was like so cool Man. everyone showed up and I showed up an hour late and I honestly like I like threw up a little bit before <laughs> I got there. Because of being nervous. Because I was so nervous <laughs> yeah. and everyone was just, yeah. Like yeah. Jen Atkins sent me like a hair goes in my hair and like these people sent me makeup and I'm like, oh my God, I'm in the hair makeup with this thing. And like I'm in the car with like Aaron Watson, who's one of my best friends, and like my girl Ashley. And we're like, just it was then like Emily K. And it was just like everyone was there. And I look up and everyone is fucking raging yeah. like raging on this huge rooftop it looked so dope there was a line around the corner people couldn't get in and it was like family friends and like people who've known me since i was 18 and then like weird famous girls that i don't know who people were freaking out over and like everyone was in the clothes yeah and i just it was unbelievable how long ago was that a oh. year ago august 11th of last year Cheryl's birthday oh man and the first year was really successful. I mean, it said the numbers in the article, right? 
I didn't even know that number. That's really good. I mean, for year one, I said $5 million. I'd been like adding up a little bit in my head and got to like three and was like, <laughs> yeah. that's good, right? Like, I don't know. It's huge. But it's also like, here's also the thing. This this is, this is goes away if I if the clothes don't sell. You know what I mean? Revolve sure, yeah. does a really good job at listening to their customer and making exactly what their customer wants. So yeah. it's not like I have, like everyone's like, oh, you're fucking good. I'm not. Yeah. My sales were not what they thought they were going to be for the first year. My sales just got good. Yeah. So yeah, sure, there's that number there. But like, ask me what the cost was on all the fabric. Yeah. You know what I mean? And the amount of people it took and the shipping and like. It's still big. And I still think you can't underestimate, like don't make it too magical, right? Like there's definitely magic involved and definitely there's like trends involved. And if it goes away, it goes away. True. But you also have to take into consideration like what it is about you that made Revolve even attracted to it. And then what makes the customer attracted to it. And you know what I mean? And like maximizing that there are a lot of brands who have been around for a lot of years and made a lot of money, you know, it's not all a flash in the pan. No, there's, it's, yeah, I'm lucky. (laughs) Yeah, but you're doing something special. Yeah. I'm excited for the, I'm excited to see where LPA goes and there's also like other things that I'm like working on on the low that I think are going to be like really good and important that are exciting too. I have a responsibility to use like whatever platform I have, obviously, it'd be stupid not to, capitalize on it but i'll only capitalize on it in a way that like um is like really smart and changes things and makes people think and i have like a few ideas for that that i'm really excited about that being said like you seem really connected to sort of like your general is that all right now (laughs) what the fuck i have my captions on in case people make a mean caption so i can delete it or block it. your notifications notifications i mean i'm only notifications for instagram posts if anybody writes, yeah, anything that people write in on the, the brand, and I go, I am my personal. If anyone says anything mean, they get a full. Either they get a rebuttal, or they, or if I can tell they're not worth it, they get a, they get a delete and block. It doesn't give you anxiety. Nope, it gives me more anxiety seeing a fucking comment that's been there for three days. That's like you're a fat whore. <laughs> and then I'm like, what oh, my mom fuck? saw that. I... God damn it. <laughs> I literally, all my of my notifications are off unless my phone rings. I'm sure people say, you also have a shit, how many of you have a million followers on it? Yeah, but like, it's not like. I, I have mean... 90. Not even. So, you know, like the most, my comment, the most You probably captions... get more comments than I do though. No, this one got, this last thing I posted got 100 comments. Yep, that's, I get like 120 on a good day. I'm also go- those. That's a also lot the, of people a lot calling of me a fat whore. And, and get, yeah, a lot of people calling you a fat whore. I get a lot of that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, here's my last question. <laughs> Am I a fat whore? No. Is, and we're done. Um, <laughs> like, what do you think? I know you don't have to get specific because I know that you said you have plans and whatever. But, like, when it comes to, like, the grand scheme of Pia's life. I want babies. Okay. That's it? That was my question. No, but, like, what's your, like... Like, what do you think the grand sort of plan is? Like, is it, and I don't mean to get too lofty. I don't know, because I didn't. But is it always clothing, or do you go into other things? My end-end game is like. Paint me the picture of like. My end-end game is like, I'm living on like a ranch in Cross Creek in Malibu, and I have like a really chic store that sells like really beautiful home goods, and like a perfect sweater, and like, I have like 
a beautiful little family mm-hmm. and then I host beautiful dinner parties at my house all the time to like support this like really cool store that I have. that's my like end game from now until then for the next few years a lot of other cool things are gonna happen that are more like pia and not clothes yeah. but it'll all tie back to the clothes of course but like I just have like ideas for things that are are important to yeah. me that are gonna happen that I can't talk about that's really cool <laughs> that I find uh, out that I find out about tomorrow actually really yeah well, oh it's going to happen either way. I'm going to text you tomorrow and say, are you sobbing, yes or no? <laughs> yeah. Literally, tomorrow between 2.15 and 5.15 will be a major, oh, a God, I'm gonna text you. major, a major, major pivotal epic. Really? Yeah. 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 Okay, well, tomorrow on my way home, I'm going to see I'll a photo you of you naked after. on like Melrose or oh whatever. Oh, my God. Because those... every drive on the way here and home, there's photos of you. Naked. Naked. My my sweet, um, like the man who like works on our, like my like a little, I live in like all these little row of bungalows in Venice. And like there's like a woman who like lightly cleans all of our places. We all share her, Reina. She's so nice. And her husband, and they come and they like work on all of our, and um. Her husband on Friday, like, came. They, I have, I make them coffee in the morning when they come. We do like coffee in the morning. And they came in and they were like, Miss Bia, <laughs> we saw it. We saw you. <laughs> they just and saw I was it and like, recognize you? Yeah. And I was like, What do you mean? And he was like, You know what I mean? We saw you on, we saw you on Lincoln. And I was like, How did you know it was me? And he was like, Your tattoos. I was like, Fuck. Oh, man. Yeah. And I'm covered in bad tattoos. So, like, it's obviously very, and you know, it's like this is what I've always grown up with. Like, I'm so thankful that I grew up in Southern California around so many Mexican people because I just love them so much. Mm-hmm. But like, you know, every cleaning lady or like every like family friend or like anyone yeah. always mm-hmm. is like, "Are you married yet?" And keep your clothes on. You know, they're so Catholic. And yep. he was just like, "You're not married." Like, I could just see this like, "Just what were you doing?" Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like a moment. Worst case. There's also one I next to the Chop that. House where I was a hostess in high school. There's well out there. There's so many. Besides my high school, there's because my high school's on top of a hill. There's one. There's a naked photo of me in every like major important. There's one on the Soho Grand. I lived across from that when I lived at People's Revolution. I was an in like. Like, like what was their media? What was their buy? They spent like a million dollars on fucking billboards and bus benches. No clue, and I'm not gonna ask. Those things are everywhere. Emily's like that whole team. Like Emily and the girls, like the way that Emily runs that company and the girls who work for her and that whole team is brilliant and lovely and wonderful. And I will, she would show my asshole for that. <laughs> if, I had to. if they were like, we're making assholes cool and here's a cream for it, I'd be like, fine. Whatever fine, you, do. you got it. Because How many it billboards? Just, and like my body's like, I was talking about it in therapy this morning. My body is, is the hardest, the single biggest point of contention in my life since I was 12 years old and got like fat for the first time. Really? Yeah. I struggle with my, every bite of food I put in my mouth, I think about, I count my calories and then I like bit, like I had like four slices of pizza because I'm just like a foodie the other night. Can't stop thinking about it. Yeah. Like I'm like, a, food's like a gnarly, gnarly, gnarly thing because I love to eat and then yeah. I forget and then I get chubby and then I like, I make clothes. Yeah. You know, it's really hard. So doing something like that was insane. Yeah, well you did it and now it's everywhere and it's fucking cool. Free porn. You should be pumped. Uh, thank you for doing this. Thank you for making it happen. Go Sorry, to I your kept trainer. on flaking. What? Sorry, I kept on flaking. That's okay. We did it. Now we go up on Wednesday. What day is it today? Mm, Thursday. Cool. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye.
All right, there it was. Another one down. I hope you liked it. That one was a really fun one to do. Pia's just full of energy, and her little English bulldog was going nuts the whole time. And it was great. It was fun. Her story's good. Her energy's amazing. Um, just a good one. I hope you guys liked it. As always, please leave me feedback on the iTunes store, on the podcast app on your phone, on my social media. Instagram is at drama. Hit me up. Let me know what you think. Let me know suggestions, guests, stories. Whatever you'd like to hear, let me know. And as always, use the promo code SSL for 40% off all full-priced items on youngandreckless.com. Thank you guys, and I'll be back next week.